Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. You know you're my favorite character. Of course I am. Um, I love the evil ones because in the end they're really not evil. They're evil for a reason. Besides, you know I'm your daddy. Mm. <laughs> daddy Darth. Pew, pew. Welcome. Yeah. How are you? It's like, will you get off your fucking phone? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm just coordinating this, the shindig thing. <laughs> We're very busy people here at Gabbing Girl Time. While she's on her phone, I'd like to say that, hey, right. may the fourth be with you. Yes, and, and with you. And with you. <laughs> it is the May. I still don't get it because I don't see it, but is that how she says it? Says it? How does she say no, it? No, it's not her. The Mandalorian says, this is the way. Like all the Mandalorians. Oh, okay. It's, so how does he say way. it? How does he say Just it? Just deadpan, this is the way. This is the May. Well, the, yeah. is there no? So, in, is, yeah, because he's got a helmet on. He doesn't take his helmet off. It's like the code of the Mandalorian. Do you think he's ugly you under there? He's hot as hell. I have. I know what he looks like. Would you fuck him in the mask? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, that's not even preferably in the mask. <laughs> if you, you know, like if you really want to get to it. <laughs> So, I was kind of sad because we had to postpone our other guests. I'm not even going to say no, who, don't, who it is because right she'll, now. Yeah. But um, I want it to be a surprise. Yes. And I'm very excited. But that's all right because another guest was chomping at the bit. And I am excited. I am too. But before we bring this guest on. Oh, yeah. We got some stuff. Yeah. To we got about. some stuff to talk about. Like. So, okay. I sent you that uh, Joe Rogan, Josh. Rogan, yeah. How many Rogaine. people just checked out right now? Because I know, right? Listen to Joe. Hey, here's why I listen to Joe Rogan. He has access to interesting guests. Yes, and he doesn't discriminate. Yes, like yes. So, but yeah, when he says he's a fucking moron, he's absolutely right. We all are. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just the you know he's a dude's dude, and that level of misogyny yeah. really bothers a lot of people. And I, know, I, I find it really, really sexy. I like, oh. yeah, I laugh at you know whatever. That's know. just kind of. I would do Joe Rogan as well. Yeah, he might be, but maybe but, during uh, news radio days when he had hair. Uh, I do like. Well, I was never there. a fan of that. Uh, reality shows i know i'm like oh like no his I'm stand-up like is so much better than and his so i never really fear factor shit that fear factor or any of that kind of junk and so <laughs> talking about this will get us on a list somewhere if we talk about it 
Oh, the um, China, the Muslims, and I mean, why China as a whole? Uh, like, like really? this is gonna everything you've been saying. That well, this so is... should I say? Okay, here's how Coast to Coast used to handle it. <laughs> You know, and why I love Coast to Coast. And why I our love, guest is too young to know what Coast to Coast is. I know. Is. Do you remember Coast to You don't. No. It was, it was. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast? N- no. no. But, okay. But, but, no, sorry. But, but Space Ghost did, they would take off on the show with George Norrie mm-hmm. and uh, Art Bell. And so back in the olden days and radio times that, you know, they still had television and all that. But our talk radio, some of it will be pretty fun. And late night on FM radio, Coast to Coast would come on and they would have interesting topics. And uh, George Norrie would interview people. Art Bell did it for a long time. But uh, they would interview people who maybe were abducted by aliens or um, worked with the government on MKUltra or were Satanist and talking about the plan or... In the Masons Things and talking about the, the New internet. World Order. And yes, yeah. it was all before you had the internet. Yeah. And that's so, how you got your information. Yes, that's how that, you got your real world Enquirer. information. And like I come from a long line of Inquirer and Star, you know, <laughs> uh, people, which as well had true stories buried in such nonsense that you always had plausible deniability that's what they were doing and so what's interesting is joe rogan he interviews the same kind of people that uh, art bell george norrie mm-hmm. any of these interviewers on coast to coast the outlandish the fringe people people who are whistleblowers for things that mm-hmm. nobody listens to like i feel completely crazy when we're talking about china uh, I have talked to Braddy <laughs> for months now because of the fact that I love obscure YouTube. All right. And I go on uh, rabbit holes and everything. And also on Facebook. But that's rabbit so, holes. I mean, Facebook, not, though, not Ugh. the Facebook thing. But like when you're looking at uh, this is before uh, when they were putting out interesting things like hey look at this research oh, that we're doing and yeah. and it looked like a ted talk and they would say here press this link and then go here and then you end up on youtube you know looking at something and then you start down this youtube rabbit hole well i watched dr she the virologist give a symposium about taking the genome and the sars virus having it cross with this bat and learning and finding the genome that would cross jump species. All right, now this was before the coronavirus outbreak. So anyway, there was also a lot of stuff about Wuhan and about how the lab was not safe. They were doing all these experiments, all this kind of stuff. And the other day, Joe Rogan (laughs) interviews a reporter who happens to be, you know, he was like, for 30 years like he's been doing it for a while and he's asian american yes and he lived in japan and then he lived in 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 america he was the asian reporter his name is also rogan it's josh rogan you can look him up but he works for the washington post and in all sense of reporting and everything his politics skew liberal but he started reporting back in the day when you had to have facts yeah you didn't just think something was a certain way you had to actually research and have facts and so um, again 
before the internet. Yes. Because once, just, well, I mean, the uh, internet was still happening 30 years ago. I mean, uh, they had the very, internet very in the wild 90s. west, though. It was, well, I mean, 90s was not that. You still had chat rooms. You were still the World Wide Web. You still had everybody. I mean, the, the start of the internet was really the 80s. It's just when it was mainstream, when everybody had one in their house was like in the 90s. I was on the computer all the time when my kids, you know, before they were born for the 90s. Oh, you know, houses had the, you know, I mean, well, 95, the boy child. It's just that you had AOL dial-up, and it was like, and it took forever, and you weren't didn't spend all day and night right, on there. Right, but still, you didn't have it at the magnitude. People, there weren't that many people on the internet. Well, now you have like, well, the difference it's everywhere. Is, it isn't the and internet. Everybody it's is fucking stupid, and will put out their little opinion it's right there. It's not the and internet. You don't, want, you don't know what's real, and and. It's smartphones. Everything is fake. And it's people being able to put things out instantaneously. But we it's are the all just spinning you can laugh. through. Yeah, you can laugh. We are all just we haven't introduced her solar so system. She's, she's like, like a smoking cigarette. Sorry about conspiracy theories. Absolutely you should. Well, here's the deal. I'm such a nihilist so, when it comes to this. I'm, I do believe that China is going to have a lot of influence in the world. I'm not going to say fucked. that they're... We yeah, are totally that, fucked. The tipping yeah. point is gone and nobody wants to realize. But they're happy in their happy bubble of non-affection. It doesn't affect me when it will directly affect you. And we have already been indoctrinated by wanting to have our every move recorded, by wanting to be our own reality TV stars. We don't we seem to don't care about the invasion of privacy to trade for the creature comforts to have these things. China from the beginning when they signed NAFTA and yeah. we made China our so, favored country, all this tech explosion as a youngin they have had access to. Don't turn to me on this. Yeah, what? I mean, like, no, I'm just saying we think I think that we think that way because we're older and we've seen it coming. Well, because we're not. Here's the thing: we're in the middle. All right, tomorrow. And you know what? Today was May May fourth because this isn't going to air. Like we're not doing this live. So tomorrow on May fifth would have been my dad's. 99th birthday do you not think the man's seen some shit and he passed away actually it will be his 10 year anniversary of his passing you know it's gonna save us though maybe maybe oh wait i'm wrong i'm sorry he it is not his 10 year it's his eight year it's his eight year the aliens will save us hopefully well, there are aliens. They're going to release all that. I yeah. mean, which sounds like conspiracy. However, who knows that maybe the Chinese are actually aliens. And that's why they've been walled off for all these, you know, thou- thousand years. How old is the Great Wall of China? How many years is that? But Oh, you know, oh yeah. Mean, China's in it for China's the long haul. China's master plan and- has always been to take over the world. Always. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. they've that they've, sounds crazy. Yeah, but they've succeeded a couple of times. Up, but they have I mean, back from Genghis Khan days mm-hmm. and all that. Okay. It, they ruled at least half like, the world. China has stayed communist. Now, here's the deal. Back in nineteen ninety seven, okay, now here Britain wasn't all great. If we want to go back and everything, but they're imperialist <laughs> ways. They just planted flags randomly You're going on a and tangent. decided that they owned it. But here's the deal. So British took control of Hong Kong and had it for however many years. And I don't know, but it's out it's there. You 50. can look it up. No, hold on. That's to turn it back over to China. And okay. that's the point. You're right. So British rule had China, had Hong Kong for a while. So Hong Kong mm. got to operate as a free country. All right. So you got to listen. This is very important because it's big about indoctrination and propaganda. So Hong Kong becomes the epicenter of finance. All right. In all these years, they build it up. It is a huge financial empire. Then in 1997, if you look back and you find the the Tiananmen Square in Beijing when the student stood with the tank when uh, they were starting to protest. You had Christians then. You had other people protesting for the freedom of Hong Kong for that not to be. Yeah, people today don't know. They need to read up on what communist China really was. And what it's like now with the technology. So like a frog. They figured we would have better, better worker bees if we treat them better and give them this technology and give them this comfort and make them a slave to us. Well, well, what they did is Hong Kong was prospering at such a huge rate. Yeah. And they, when the tech boom happened and uh, America and anyone who had any manufacturing done, but America, especially in our tech, we literally gave them intellectual rights. They We gave them mm-hmm. rights to our property. So in order... For people to make a buck cheaper or whatever, they sold the intellectual property for this AI to a nation whose government wants to take over the world. I'm not saying the Chinese people want to take over the world, but the government involved sees China as the superior nation and should rule all the world and that their way and their way of thinking and how they structure, look at their cities and everything. Just, I mean, you know, how they portray themselves in the world is how they think the whole world should be. And you should be that beehive mind and be right in there. Oh, my God. But, let's get off the grid. But let's go Hong and get Kong, like a cottage the somewhere. The thing is, is that in 1997, China took over rule again from Britain to Hong Kong. But they had to have a 50-year assimilation to take it over, to keep people from revolting, to keep people from bucking up. It's like a frog in the pot. You couldn't throw that country into the boiling water of the tyranny of communism. You had to span it out over two generations. So over that last 50 years, we've been indoctrinating our children are the last two generations that that is the way. And no one sees it. No one sees the undermining 
of your so what's the answer and your right what's the answer what's the answer yes to st- we can't stop we're not in a i know let's go get a cottage anymore. somewhere it's not we're not going to be able to <laughs> You don't understand. You're already completely surveilled. All these launch satellites that Musk has launched, all the other satellites, all of the AI. The AI is already watch that? the point. He's huh? supposed to be on SNL this this weekend, Elon Musk. Why? I don't know. I guess he paid them because why the fuck would you want Elon Musk? Because he's popular and they've got to... I guess they got to keep it current. Well, here's the thing. It's time for the plan. My dad has been gone since 2013, and he's been ringing this bell. When my dad came back from World (laughs) War II, he did a thing like when you saw, if you watch Forrest Gump, where Forrest Gump stumbled into the rally that ended up being like the anti-war, and then he stumbled into this or that. But there were literal people who were like, you know... We need to do this, this, and this. And we're talking about the, you know, undermining of America. I mean, he was so into it. I mean, he joined the Masons. He was a. It was amazing. Uh, Who knows? I part mean, of me's wild. like, fuck it, let's burn it all down. And then the other part's like, well, that's gonna. It doesn't matter. I'm not going, even gonna be here. I'm gonna be on another things, fucking plane two somewhere. Two things are gonna happen. Either a. All the religious people were right. Like, you know, oh, it's Armageddon. It's Revelation, Armageddon. Jesus is coming back, and all the old gods are coming to fight for position. So, who knows? Or AIs are going to take over the world. (laughs) This is where we are. But the reality of living under a totalitarian government is very possible. And that's what's wild. It's very real. And for whatever reason, we have decided that this would be the better choice because we as Americans can't see out of that. Like we're excited that on Amazon we can order real hair and yet it's shaved from Muslim right. slaves in yeah. China. We we have people that are freaking out because AOC talked about reassignment camps for people that were hardcore Trump supporters or whatever, or hardcore nationalists, or that you should, or you need sensitivity training if you, you know, disagree with uh, the LGBT community or whatever. I don't know if she actually said that. I'm saying that was the press that you saw, but I didn't research it. Yeah. to see what she had said. So I haven't brought it up, but she is one of the, you know, she's a government leader who is, you know, very much like, hey, Gail. Yeah. This is depressing. Let's bring in our guests. Right? Right? I'm see, well, I'm, I know. I know. We can I know. cut this or we can cut that no. and use it a different time. No, too. no. I love it. I love it. We're keeping it. Fuck them. Okay. Well, because uh, here's the thing. This is the tie-in. Let's bring it on around and we'll make it better. But the reason this kind of shit is so dear to my heart is because I'm a stand-up comic. And because I want the freedom to voice do you feel like you're being silenced feelings i don't see but silenced silenced on your own accord like you silence yourself correct because i that's my own problem yeah however i see both through the microscope and then i also see through the big lens 
And because I am in a profession that has a varied demographic when you go out, like our guest is another comic, and so she's literally half my age and yet knows, you know, is seeing the route. She's been doing it six years. That's, uh, you know, a pretty good time. She needs to be out popping off and she's starting to. Yeah, I, I would think and around this time changed, you're starting to find yourself. And she relocated yeah. from here. And I think that it's interesting. I'm excited to talk with her because one thing that I noticed at the open mics and I knew like, oh, yeah, she's definitely done comedy before because she has no problem going first. You know, she also realizes some of the things that mics are for. However, she has and we're going to talk about things like that, too, I hope. But she's anyway, she's become an integrative with the scene and figured out, you know, I'm going to make my own way. And now after the pandemic, as a female, this is where I am. I'm blooming where I'm planted. Well, who and is so, it? Blair Baker. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello. Wow. That might be the longest intro to a person I have ever heard. It's yeah, like you you're presenting know. the Nobel Peace Prize. We always comedy. bring it back. <laughs> Honestly, though. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Honestly, though, I'm scared for the future. Like, I, I look at you right here. Like, you're the same age as my kids. Mm -hmm. And I fear for them. I'm sorry. I fear for myself, too. What the fuck is this world going to look like in 30 years when I'm 80 and you're 86? You think they're going to let us live to 80 and well, 86? Well, you know, I was thinking about that, too. We're it's going to be a whole gonna, Logan's run kind yeah, of thing. Except yeah. maybe they'll be because 50 yeah. the new I mean, you know, I don't worry. I don't you guys worry get to it. make those decisions, I, I guess. Honestly, yeah. I, I, loved, I loved listening to you talk, Gail, because, God, I've never put that much thought into anything in my entire <laughs> life. It, like, literally, <laughs> that whole communist China rant, literally, it was like the TED Talk I never thought I knew I existed. Uh, It'll make you think. <laughs> it's I'm just sitting there. I was sitting there listening to you. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. And then I looked at Twitter. I'm like, oh, Twitter. And so, like, I see what you're saying. Like, I get what you're saying. Um, and I and I, and I I appreciate what you're saying, but I just, I genuinely don't think about that stuff, like, at all. Which, I'm so conceited. I just have my own bubble. No, it's, I think it's youth. It's, um, it's it's what you're doing right I now. I got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Hey, fuck China. I don't got a lot. Yeah. I, I can't think about them right now. They Actually, don't need the free advertising. And I think that's where people get bogged it's down great, in life. It's great, and you prove the point, and it's cool to have yeah. the generation gap on here, because <laughs> Because they don't no, they don't want you to. Like right now, the climate is. It isn't even about uh, whether you know or whether you want to know about that. I mean, you know, this is my podcast, so I can talk about the subject. Oh but yeah, if we were out in somewhere, and I said, "Hey, about whatever about China," and you're like, "I am not interested in that." I would not continue. <laughs> talking about it you know what i'm saying to no I, I i didn't stop you here. no <laughs> I no i understand yeah. but like in a lot of social settings and what uh younger people have been trained to do to appease everyone or try to appease everyone and also a lot of dangerous mind behavior where if you don't think this way then 
you are no longer valid and I am not going to give you any time. You get zero emotional real estate if you do not think People have always been this way. Like it's not a I new think. thing. That's not, well, you know what I mean? That's yeah. definitely not new. Politicians, like the second you disagree with a politician, they're done with you. The second you disagree with anybody ever, they're done with well, you in see, some no. cases. No, used to be you could actually no, have mutual discourse. I mean, yes. oh, come on. Yes. That's, I, people yes. have, from the dawn of time, have argued no, have about always nothing. Disagreed. Agreed for sure. Nothing. There are things that Gail and I have disagreed about, like vehemently. Like, like, yes, but right. we're still good friends. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like I, mean, I, it, I get that. Used, it used to be that way, and now it is. If we don't agree on all things, we can't hang out together because somehow we're pitted against each. We're enemies now for having a different opinion. It's like saying that your taste mm. in clothes, you can only wear this. Right. You're only yeah. allowed to wear these outfits. Yeah, and like, I do find that to be a problem. Like, I understand, like, it's not a By good way, I think you have a very, very cute style. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. I've, I have seen you a couple of times now, and um, I do enjoy Thank a girl you. in a hat. I love a hat. I love a belt. Um, throw a belt and a hat on it, and it's good to go. I know. I'm getting very 16 candles from this. <gasps> Thank I'm getting you. very Molly Ringwald. You know what? There's a saying I go by. Um, I forget who said it. Please, someone, if there's comments on this, please, someone comment who remembers this quote. Um, when before you leave, take one accessory off before you leave because you don't want oh, to overdo Coco it Chanel. yeah that's exactly believe. it thank yeah. you um so that's that's what i live by but no um when it comes I mean, to comedy when it comes to comedy and stuff it's like i don't mind when people disagree with me and i'm willing to talk about whatever with people like that's fine a lot of people disagree with what i say like a lot of people aren't like super sex positive or like they say they're sex positive but they don't really mean they're sex positive it's like oh i'm sex positive but i don't want to pay for porn like i'm sex positive but i'm still gonna call you a whore for sleeping with like five people like you know what I mean like so it's like it's like oh yeah you know like I, I'm sex positive but not in any way that means I'm hey sex you know positive. that's something that hadn't changed either yeah, yeah that's definitely yeah not changed um but in comedy it's like I've just I'm I guess I've kind of grown numb to people disagreeing with me or people saying xyz because people are always going to be saying xyz so it's like I don't get too bothered when people are talking about me because if you're not talking about me then I'm irrelevant so it's like keep doing it that's fine even if you don't like me that's totally fine i believe in any publicity is good publicity okay so, so where you from i'm from upstate new york that's oh, why i said I'm, I'm from i'm from boston spa oh okay <laughs> middle of fucking nowhere i know middle somebody from rochester oh my god rochester i miss the bagels god, so the did bagels. you get to florida because of your granny I mean, no. Your, yeah, take us. I'll take, take you on the journey. To, okay, yes, were you in like the Boca journey. Raton? It's where like, um, it's like, like a young adult novel. Like it's like one of those <gasps> like young adult novels that like gets turned into a movie. Kind, kind of, yeah. of novel. So I'm 17. Oh, I'm who's a, gonna play you? I'm, oh god, who's gonna play? Oh. <laughs> Drew Carey in a wig. Who's <laughs> gonna fucking play me? Drew Carey in a goddamn <laughs> wig. That that's fucking that, okay, he'll that's, talk. Yeah, yeah, okay. he'll talk yeah. for it. Um, so when I'm 17, my parents come to me and they're like, "So we want to buy a bed and breakfast." And I'm like, "Cool." When you guys like retire or like, why are we talking about this now? They're like, "We found one in Florida. It's 16 <laughs> bedrooms on four houses, and we get one of the houses to live in." But we're going to have to relocate you your senior year of high school. <sighs> and I'm like, word? Um, and I kind of really didn't have a choice in it. They're like, you can either come with us or stay with your grandmother. And I'm like... 
She's like she at the time she was like ninety and she's still alive. Like she's still kicking. Um, and she's a, a mostly great lady minus all the racist stuff. Love you, Ram. Um, she's really great, but I couldn't live with her. So and I had a boyfriend of three years at the time, so I had to relocate to Florida my uh, senior year. Thankfully, I had no friends, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> it wasn't too bad because I didn't have any friends. I was very much an outcast in school. Not not uh very popular. So did you look at it as, as a like a fresh start? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I kind okay. at first yeah, but then when working at the bed and breakfast started i fucking hated it i hated every minute of living at that bed and breakfast it was a nightmare mm-hmm. it was you're, uh, you're never closed that's the thing people don't think about that people come up to you like oh i'd love to own a bed and breakfast no you fucking wouldn't do you want to live at your job do you want to like, live yeah, at you your job 24 7 and have to deal with these fucking numb nuts from like idaho <laughs> like do you know you don't want to fucking do that so we that can- would not happen at my bdsm bed and breakfast that I've been <laughs> the BDSM B and B. Yeah. I love that. Um so they own that for five years and then they sold it for a profit. Go mom and dad. So now they still live in Florida. Mom still works for a hotel chain and my dad's retired. And so I uh, during this time went to college I went to community college at Daytona State College in Florida because nothing says education like Daytona State um, <laughs> it sounds like an online school it sounds like I just printed out my degree um, and which I basically did I had a liberal arts degree so it's nothing I could wipe my ass with it that's how much use I got out of it um, so why finish why I, I mean if you knew what you wanted to do or did you know what you wanted to do then why would you waste any more money on college well my grandmother paid for my college so I didn't okay. have I don't have any loans or anything I'm I'm very blessed like I'm very financially blessed for a 25 year old I'm very secure in that we have no debt we have we don't we have a well See, we, have, awesome. we have debt on our car I mean we owe money on our car but that's about it um and uh but yeah so um when I was in college I found stand-up I started doing stand-up uh, when I was 19 I had a fake ID in Daytona Beach and I started doing stand-up because of a friend of a friend told me of it about a show going on at this bar shout out to Tierna Nog best fucking dive bar in the universe nice. love that fucking place beer only deer heads on the wall oh it's still around oh it's around it's the best (laughs) um and i started doing stand-up there and i went absolutely last my first time and i did pretty well like i was very shocked about how well i did and from there like six months later i was featuring and hosting and doing guest spots and then uh, two years later i had done a tour and two festivals and it just started snowballing and then in florida i kind of just like grew out of the scene i kind of just like yeah i'm done here i kind of just did everything i wanted to do i'm kind of over it so i moved here because my aunt lives an hour outside of knoxville who uh she's like very covid nervous she's one of those people like from the jump was like no touch me to get away from me still like that haven't heard from her in like two years like crazy um uh so yeah no now i'm in knoxville and i moved here before the pandemic and i started doing stand-up out here and it's great and like i really do like it and i'm glad i'm part of this community and i'm glad i got here when i did (laughs) because i feel like a lot of opportunity came from covid and from that whole time frame and stuff and yeah so i'm i'm here now and with my fiance i'm here that's awesome yeah i talk a lot i'm sorry that was like a whole biography guys no, sorry that's, no no that's, that's that was like a whole hear. biography um so yeah what else what else do you want to know well so like in florida because i know some of the club things that go down there yeah. and i know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. interestingly enough through your life path mm-hmm. you came up here to knoxville and another comic uh, from Florida has come up here and has also been producing shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that person is definitely more of a club mm-hmm. vibe. I don't know. I would... She is. She is a professional. She yes. is a professional booker. That is like, she is really good at doing that. She knows people, gets gigs, 
constantly touring. Like she is a pro. I will yes. give her that and for yet, sure. The scene here, she came in and they have reacted miserably. Well, yes. Yeah. Or well, do I you know that not. I mean, see I no, I agree. I don't want you to say that. I'm just saying okay, No, I agree. So, this is what I feel a scene should be. And here's the deal. It, the thing is, the scenes are fluid. They're mm-hmm. scenes. They're not uh, any set way. It's not a school with a set of rules. You don't pay to do this. Right. You have people that do things day in, day out. If you run a mic and you mm-hmm. run a weekly mic, you have made a commitment to be at this venue as long as they have a, a you know... The like, door's open for that right. day. It's a job. <laughs> it is 100% a job to mm-hmm. run that mic. Correct. And it get, can get tiring. You can burn out. You can you do can whatever. You can be annoyed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so now a venue to run an open mic has to really enjoy comedy. Yes. Because an open mic is a painful experience sometimes. Oh, my God. It's... Sometimes oh my God. it's magic. Sometimes you see lightning in a bottle. Right. You see things happen that is just insane and if you have a cool scene there was a time that knoxville scene even though the comedy club was still here but the independent which brand of comedy club did you have by the way i don't know what one it was it was um side splitters okay yeah i know side splitters i haven't performed with them but i know of them like i miss they still have one yeah, Sassy Never heard of that one. was a bar well, okay, before again. it, it closed. Before, before my got, time. Before you got here, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I want a, you to say it like a very it old was a, It was an old Victorian home. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, oh, it was really? very, very rustic. Did the ghosts come? Did the ghosts attend the comedy show? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I remember, sure they um, were around. I remember when my husband tried to take his shirt off because he got too drunk on his birthday. You better work. Sassy Ann's. <laughs> he starts doing this, and I'm like, oh, no. it's, it's about time to go home. Oh, that was a fun <laughs> it's night. about time Somebody's to leave. Freaky. I saw Let's that. go get some Taco Bell. Yeah. Um. What Don't. were you saying about? Oh yeah. Well, the Booker. Just like. Okay. So, but because they're independent, no one's stopping you. So if you have venues that enjoy the arts or whatever, you can put on uh, comedy shows. We had a just an explosion. Of a lot of different people interested in comedy mm-hmm. that had a lot of different personalities mm-hmm. that were running shows like seven days a week here. Right. Sometimes you could get on a mic at the time and do, you could hone time seven days a week because it was, uh, there was an independent promoter who also did comedy who had moved around a little bit and had connections because he'd been doing it a while mm-hmm. and wanted to really bring comedy here is the and problem venue that no. There, no there is not a specific venue for comics well, the thing is is if there was size splitters isn't isn't here no it hasn't been right, here for right, years forever. now and so the only comedy that's been going on has been an independent scene right i think when it comes to comedy clubs, I think 
for example, Orlando, where I used to perform, they have the improv, they mm-hmm. have sax, they have another one. They have like a, but they have right, a that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but clubs. it's Orlando, like the well, travel mecca of I'm the United States. We're in Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't I'm think curious. Knoxville can support one comedy club because I think independent venues fit this community better. I think independent venues create more money for the independent venues that are well, in this community. Because so. what happened is people just. A, comedy clubs are, I hate to say it, but they can be stale. Yeah, and also restrictive as hell. Um, I mean, clean half hour? Get out of here. Well, I mean, depending, here's the thing. It's like a college, though. We were super, there were a lot of comics. I'm talking about some, I'm talking about, and I guess guess it would be an independent venue, but something that was, that you could be yourself. A venue that you could be yourself that you that would be open seven days a week. That is that why there was a time and a place for that. There There was a time for that. Clubs aren't even open seven days a week. Club comedy clubs, most comedy clubs may run Wednesday through Sunday. So when you say seven days a week, you're saying I'm doing two days here, four days here. I am saying that in a normal town, like let's say I wanted my dream was to be a stand up comic. If I am in Hallelujah. If I am in BFE wherever and there's not a club, you have to travel to a club. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a scene or create a scene. How else are you going to do it? How are you going to be a comedian? All right? So the mainstream way would be I need to be in a club. I need to get time at the improv or I need to get time at the punchline in Atlanta or I need to get time at the time that goes back to what you were saying about clean comedy comedy catch you have to make yourself clean in order to get into those clubs correct so well, but I mean but they have okay, I have, I have, so I have a response of, to that I, yeah what kind of comic have, do you want to be how far do you want to go here Blair oh I am I'm always going to be 100% authentically myself. I'm never going to like back down on what I say, how I act, my values. So, I mean, of course, that's not going to get me mainstream success. I'm not trying to be the next Amy Schumer because I'm not trying to sell my soul to Heinz. Like, I'm not trying to do that. Okay. I'm just trying to live my authentic life and live my authentic comedy and be like a B-grade celebrity, probably. Sure, I'm never going to be in a Disney movie, but at least I'll have my integrity. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's how I see it. And also, like, there's so many different ways to become a comedian. Comedian. I became a comedian through lots of different ways. I talked to people. I picked up smoking just through stand-up comedy because that's how other comedians communicate. They're all outside smoking with each other, and all the bookers are talking. So, hey, you want to bum a cigarette? What gigs do you have coming up? Blah, 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 blah. So it's like there's so many different ways to become a comedian. Ugh, sure, you could know, grow the destroying route. your health. I don't really? care. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I don't really care. Are you care. one of these? I'm... I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I'm just trying to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, That's and I don't smoke that face. often. She's like, Mom, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good but, time. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully but yeah, you die young. That like, would be the wish. Well, basically, the, the 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 crux of it is, it's like you can go the comedy club route, and yes, you could probably be more successful, more mainstream, probably get bigger gigs. Yeah, but if you really love the craft and who you are, and if you are willing to put in the work, you can become successful through platforms like netflix hbo these kinds of things that are way more willing to take on comedians that are riskier than just comedy clubs and the internet youtube podcasts there are so many different definitions of a comedian that it's becoming to a point where you have to
to specify what you do. I am a stand-up comedian that goes on stage and performs. I'm not a YouTube comedian. I'm not a podcaster. I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to have your identity. Because there's so many different ways to do it. Which is, there was a time where clubs were open seven days a week in, like, the 80s. Like, every night, people working. Like, coming up with the bits, doing the thing. Like, yeah, which that's, brings has me passed. to... That's past, though. Who, who do you admire? Who, who I admire? Who? Oh, Joan Rivers. That's that's my bitch. Like, I love her so much. Like, she is my icon. Um, Jim Norton is a huge influence on me. I'm disgusting, and I feel like my his disgusting soul and mine would do great things together. Um, and just, like, just weird out there comedians. Like, I don't know, like... Um, <laughs> Mike Kaplan, M-I-Q Kaplan, M-Y-Q Kaplan. He's really funny. He's a New York-based comedian. So fucking funny. So, like, just dry and, uh, it's like, it's like listening to a saltine. It's great. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I And, yeah, in my, and most of it's just my, most of my inspiration comes from myself because it's, I talk about me and my life and how I view things and all the fun trauma I've had. So, I mean, is it weird to be your own icon? Is that, is that a bad thing? I don't think so. I am. I am my own role model. I wouldn't always recommend everything I do, though. Don't don't trust the girl that got chlamydia twice. Don't listen to me about anything. <laughs> don't listen to my advice about anything, except maybe comedy. So I'm gonna say this as a performer. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to train? What do you do to train hmm. to perfect your craft? Just do open mics, honestly. Here. Do you write? No, I do not write. Hmm. That's a big thing. Hold on. So is all this shtick just coming right yeah, off the top of your a lot head? Of it. And a lot of it's muscle memory from old mics and like doing it for so long. Like mm-hmm. the jokes that I have, I have crafted over years and years and years of telling them and sc- screwing them and turning them and everything. I don't do writers meetings. I hate it when comedians like, let's sit together and write. No joke amazing has ever come out of that. In my opinion, I think literally every time I have a conversation with someone, I'm talking to someone, I say something funny. I'm like, oh, hold on. I write it in my phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. I never write down a complete joke. I've never written it out completely ever. And I just do it for muscle memory. So you just go premises and stuff that, you know, worked. Yes, exactly. Regularly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I hone on that. And I've been actually experimenting more with new stuff. And it's been going incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and my fiance helps me uh, develop those on the side too. He gives me like genuine criticism, which helps right. a lot. See, that was one of the things that was interesting with the scene here that I was trying to oh yeah convey was that not only <laughs> did we have the comedy club, we had independent people going to different bars and places and saying, you know, Monday nights I know they're slow. Yeah, let us do night. an open night. Yeah, and so. Some venues, you know, some venues didn't make it no matter what they were doing. People just weren't going there. And uh, however, this person promoting stuff, we had a lot of cool up and coming comics Mm -hmm. like uh, Kyle Kinane was here. Mm -hmm. There's... um, don't you think that Knoxville's just Knoxville's Nikki so Glacier small? It's just, was here. It's just a pit stop. Well, it, it is. is. And what's wild is because of where it's located, though, a lot of people on the club circuit, their contracts won't allow them to perform within 90 minutes of clubs. Really? Yes. See, huh. the contracted, there's a certain contract <laughs> that they have you 
do with them. It's a family, like almost like a comedy mafia. They won't call it that. And so when you're trying to do time and impress them, I did. Oh, the yeah, problem the is so you fun. get one mic a week. Some comedy clubs only have one mic a month that are in that structure. Whereas independent, you can just go sign up. And yeah. do time on a stage. And time, time <gasps> okay. stage time, is what makes a better come. Well, I actually have a story for you regarding that. Um, so you know how you said, like, clubs are, like, a really good way to, like, start doing your thing and all that stuff. I did. I'm not going to name the specific club. Um, I went to this club numerous times. I was a guest there multiple times. Like, it was re- always really great. And this one, I was, like, a really young stand-up. I was, like, 21. Like, I was, like, maybe 20 even. I was ma- maybe about to turn 21. And so I was still really young, and I was like, oh, man, like, I'm ready to do anything. I can do anything. I signed up for a show I was not ready for. I w- did not understand the concept of the show. I thought it was going to be one way when it was something completely different. And I was very much, like, humiliated during this show. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, left stage in tears humiliated, like, thinking my career was over humiliated. Like, it was embarrassing and awful. And, like, I'm sitting in the bathroom at the back of this place, and I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, I, this is it. Like, this is, I'm done. Like, this is over. And I recovered, and it all kind of blew over and everything. And this was now, like, four four years ago, five years ago. Um, and it hasn't hindered me at all. Like, I, now looking back, it's a very much a learning experience to, like, really talk to your booker about what exactly the show is going to be. Yes. Who is on this show? I would imagine what is the thing? any humiliation on stage is very humbling. Oh my god, it was very cringe. If I, like, I would literally would go, if I me now would go back to that girl, just like, just go home. Don't even bother. Like, nothing you can do on that stage is gonna be good. So, go home. Like, I can totally admit that. I was definitely out of my league that night. Like, I was very much thrown to the wolves, let's say. Um, but but that's I, something to, like, put in your book. Yeah, and I definitely... Yeah, and, and, it's, yeah. and, like, and I'm not, like... And I the person that I had booked it, we have worked it out since then, and I had talked to this person, and I was just like how could you do this to me? I was like, I'm like, you just, you, 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 you set me up to just be, be humiliated. Like you set it up to be that way. And it was just so, I'm so glad. I'm pretty sure it's not recorded anywhere. Thank Did God. that person actually do that? I mean, or was it just, they just assumed you knew? No, I think the show was getting, from the beginning was kind of like, things were going wrong. Like things weren't like matching up and, it was just a weird, it was a weird type of crowd. Like, it just was not great for me. And um, it was really just like one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm going to go with the, the flow. Where was the miscommunication? The miscommunication on what type of show it was. Because, you know, there's there's roasts, okay. there's roast mm-hmm. battles, there's um, comedians that just go up one at a time. Like, I did not understand yeah. the format of what yes. it was going down. Okay. And I was very much... You were blindsided yes. and you had not prepared. And, I, and, and this was a big venue for me. I was wanting to impress them. Like, I really respected oh, wow. this venue a lot. And I still do. And, like, yeah. it was just one of those moments of, like, ah. Of, I mean, you make a lot of mistakes Oh, like so that. many mistakes. And then oh, also, my God. I mean, That's what I'm saying. You're in, like, your, you're in, like, your, kind of, like, you're 
about to go sophomore year into junior. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like comedy year. high school. You know, yeah, you, you've got all the It feels like bullsh- comedy high school, Gail. It yeah. feels like comedy high school. You've gotten all that bullshit of the newness and stuff behind. Mm-hmm. You know, you got six years in. Yeah. You know, anything yeah. more than five, that's a goal right there. And the right. biggest thing I think I have learned is to just be a th- uh, 100% authentic. Like, just be myself. Mm-hmm. When I first got to Knoxville, this is another fun story. Um, Scruffy. That was my first show here in Knoxville. Scruffy. I uh, love Scruffy. It's a great bar. I love that place. Um, super fun. Uh, Beth runs that mic now, which is awesome. I, I love that. I performed at Scruffy. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that yeah, Beth love picked it. it up. It's really great to have it back in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went there, and of course, like, this is before I met my fiance, Josh, who is wonderful. Um, boobs you out. Know what? Full on, she like, says that a lot. I think really she likes him. him. I do. She I does dig <laughs> him. I really do. Um, so I'm just like, tits out, full on, like, really high heels, like, gorgeous makeup up like I look amazing and I always dress up for my shows I I rarely try to wear flats on stage because I'm a very tiny woman so I like to be a little taller but I introduced myself to every single comedian at that mic and I'll never forget it. Near the end of the mic, one of the people that came up to me, they're like, yeah, some, one of the guys already says that you think you're crazy. That you're just crazy. And I'm like, crazy for just being, you know, nice and introducing myself and not being a, you know, a shithead? Like, okay, I guess I'm crazy then. All right. Yeah, that's but it's one of those moments that you're like... Were you wearing a hat? No, I was not. Not that night. Okay. No. I love a hat, though. People really... It's weird on how they receive I I mean, this could possibly be a brand. Oh, this is a brand. Oh, the Blair Blair Baker is a brand. You bet. She is... Follow me on Instagram, (laughs) Blair.Baker. But no, and I love Knoxville. I'm so glad I came out here because I... I, When I came out here, I had a a goal and a plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to establish myself in this comedy scene and then talk to local businesses and bring my expertise in to book mics and do all that. And then COVID hit. And I was like, cool, going to pause on that for like eight months until things get better again. And now things are getting... Slowly getting better. And now I book shows for Central Depot... Here in Knoxville, and I co-host the mic with uh, Amanda Cruel at uh, Brickyard Bar and Grill, and I book shows there as well. And it's great. It's a wonderful feeling to feel like successful in what you've been doing. And like I had like a total like breakdown like in March. I was like sobbing on my couch to Josh. I'm like, it's just not going the way I thought it would go. And I'm just like really burnt out. He's like, it's fine. Like you can stop anytime. And I'm like, I can't. I'm like, it's like my thing. Well, and then if you this want all to happened. be successful, yeah, and you want to grow mm-hmm. the. Blair Baker brand. Try BBD. saying that three times. <laughs> Blair Baker you, brand, Blair Baker yes, brand, Blair I'm Baker brand. Like, I'm, I'm kind of fucked up right now. <laughs> so try saying that. Mm-hmm. Say it. But then you Say manifest it. Blair, it. That's Blair the thing Baker I- brand. <laughs> <laughs> not bland. Not um, the so, but, bland. But you manifest it. Blair. So right now, you you have to do the hustle. Yeah, and I have been. I am so booked and blessed right now. Um, I have two shows coming up this month. Uh, if Wait, this is coming out in... This month, right? Uh, oh yeah, probably. Okay. Where's your? Um, it, the end of the month would be. I mean, yeah, it should come out soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my both my shows are in Nashville, we'll May thirteenth sure and fourteenth. Okay, yeah. yeah, and I'm very excited, and um, I'm hosting. I, no, I'm ho- not hosting. I'm featuring, and I put together the Bridger Martin show at uh, Brickyard Bar and Girl, May sixteenth. Yeah, cool. yeah. And then my show, May thirtieth. Though hopefully Gail will be headlining. Um, so yeah, like, and I love, and I love doing this. It's my favorite thing ever. Like, I love bringing comedians together. I love talking to people. Where like, do you oh. go in Nashville? 
I'm going to the comedy bar and then the park show in Nashville. Yeah, so usually. when I was lived in Nashville, that's mm-hmm. where I was born and raised. Um, there was only, unless it was like a, a lesser known clubs there, but I don't think there was. But Zanies was oh, the I did only, only I place Zanies. that you could watch a comedy show. Mm-hmm. This was that, years ago. It was just was strictly dedicated to that. When I when a man flew me out to Nashville, who will not be named because he was a dick. <laughs> Oh, sugar! I met him on a like a seeking arrangement sugar daddy type situation. It was very bad. It was very bad. You want to hear about that? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You want to sure. hear about that? Okay. Go, Sorry, go I didn't mean ahead. to interrupt your entire no. thing about Nashville. No, um, I was reminiscing. Oh, okay. No, please cut so, me off. This was I was twenty one. I just turned twenty one, and of course mm-hmm. I was on seeking arrangements very casually. I was working as a waitress. Like I had a job. Like seeking arrangements was not my job. And my body type and size, if you know me or have seen pictures of me, it's like it's not for everybody um and i get that that's fine i'm not like some size zero i'm a double zero at torrid but that's that's about it um and Uh, okay well since you've mentioned that yeah let me ask you you are a curvy girl correct and but you're like cute as fucking button thank you it's deceptive it is you look a lot younger than what you are oh i get that a lot i know but you could totally play that to your oh yeah oh yeah and i'm sure you do oh and this guy was eating it up like he was like and of course names are not gonna be so like you're you're a fetish oh for sure no doubt i mean that's fine you know that you're a fetish yeah that's fine i mean how do you think you have struggles when you were younger when I mean, and I'm asking, I'm asking as a, uh, as a former fat girl. Yeah. Growing up. It sucks because, um, it sucks being a fetish because it's like, you don't feel valued. Like you feel it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like you feel good because, Ooh, this person thinks I'm attractive and oh my God, but they think I'm attractive because I'm fat. Like, and like, that's not enough. And I'm all about different body types, but I don't want to be celebrated for being obese. Like that's not what I'm trying to be celebrated Mm -hmm. for. Like my body is the least interesting thing about me. That's like how I like to think about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's the least interesting part about me. People want to focus on it. That's fine. But like, I don't think it's that important um and so when it comes down to that stuff but i also do use it to my advantage i mean like i definitely have like capitalized on it for sure but also yeah i'm I'm willing to do most things to you know make my money and make and survive and live so yeah i'm willing to you know sell my soul a little bit like not like to disney but to maybe some guy on the internet yeah um so the guy i met he was a uh Worked worked in the university circuit. Let's say that he worked at a university, and he flew me out there and promised me, "Oh, we're going to a Kendrick Lamar concert." Oh my God, we're doing this stuff. And I met him, and he looked like his pictures and everything. Like everything was cool. And then we got to his house, and his house was nice and everything. But he got like super aggressive, just like very like I don't know if he had eaten his raisin bran that morning or something, but he was angry. He was in a mood. And so we were watching like Game of Thrones and I just have said something and he like slammed his plate on the table and I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Wait, I- wait, wait. I'm back up just yeah. a minute. How old was he? Oh God. It's probably like late forties probably. Okay. Yeah. Please take me through that thought process journey of this is somebody that you met over the internet. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please tell me the thought process of, okay, of what I goes. Go- okay, what are the chances that I don't get killed on this trip? I Googled him. 
Okay. I Googled him beforehand, and I knew exactly who I was supposedly dealing with. I mean, he had sent me pictures that, like, weren't on Google. So it's like, I'm like, okay, and I could, like, cross-check them between mm-hmm. pictures that are on Google. And um, he had a prominent job, so I kind of figured that he didn't want to fuck that up. So, a.k.a. he's trying, he's probably not going to fuck me up because mm-hmm. his job is very important. So, and again... Don't take advice from me. Again, I'm not trying to advocate <laughs> yeah, my yeah. behavior as we've totally all, fine. We've all made those little mistakes. Yeah. Like yeah. that. And so I go, so, but yeah. like I was in the, and I told all my friends where I was going to be. I had a group chat full of friends like that were sex workers and like my closest friends are all like in one group chat. And so I'm like, I'm at this address. Here's his picture. If anything fucking happens, this is who it is. So when he started to do that, I literally went to the bedroom where my suitcase was. Suitcase was I grabbed my suitcase and he's like begging me not to leave. He's like, don't go please don't go i'm really sorry i'm like nope i'm out of here you can venmo me money for my uh, airbnb bye and so i'm walking town almost downtown nashville bag in hand looking like chic homeless walking down the street like on airbnb i've never used it before in my life and the first person i meet is a lawyer and he's uh, renting one of his rooms out i'm like dude i have this story for you i'm like i need this room asap and i told him everything he's like oh let me come pick you up i'm like yeah um so he picks me up and everything and the place was great and um the guy that flew me down like obviously i had already had the return ticket i already had that so he couldn't cancel it like and of course he wouldn't and he paid my airbnb um and it was just so wild but i had a great time because i did like four comedy clubs while i was there i like drank a ton in downtown i was at a bar in downtown and some band was performing and literally in during the intermission the band comes up to me like hey we heard you do stand up do you want to perform during our intermission i'm like fuck yeah i'm like three shots deep i'm like fuck yeah let's do some stand up and it was really fun and yeah i don't regret it at all yeah that's the funnest <laughs> yeah i'm sorry does that was was that more sad than funny <laughs> was that more like sad than funny for you no, no. no. <laughs> your, your horrified looks on your faces said otherwise no, no. we're just having that's flashbacks exactly. oh my god like ptsd of flashbacks all the stupid like, shit yeah. all the the guys that we met online oh. that were like I that can, we met in I real like life that had no damn idea that i just been killers in real yeah, life that i just no look way at to vet them yeah <laughs> I, that's why I had my husband. I had his uh, background check. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Really? It's I've not, never done no. that with Josh. No. No. It sounds like we you moved really in after like six him, weeks, though. though. I mean, we're crazy. We're nuts. We moved in after six weeks of dating. We're fucking crazy. How long have y'all been together now? A year and a month, and we're already oh, engaged. Oh. No red flags here, folks. <laughs> not zero. It's just you know. Oh, yeah. he's the shit. He's so cool. I mean, and so handsome. I mean, well, my tell god. Tell me about your home life. My uh, home life, like like your childhood and oh, your geez. home. So you you did live with <laughs> where's your parents. the scotch? <laughs> where's <laughs> the bourbon? Are you probably am I? Are you charging by the hour to be my therapist? <laughs> this is why you're here. This is so, for me. Okay? So yeah, this is this upstate is New York. This is what I she do. Wants yes. to know. So upstate New York. Um, mom and dad still together. Love mom yeah. and dad. Hey, Matt and Betsy. What's up? You, Love you. You don't hear that often. That's awesome. Yeah, they've been together thirty six years, thirty seven years. Very cool. Um, my dad used to be in the Navy. He was a. Uh, master chief in the navy and the submarines and the nuclear stuff like fucking missiles and shit and he met my mom and they got married and he already had two kids from a previous marriage and um then he married my mom who had no kids and then they had me and my brother um who's four years older than me and my only so it's me and sean that's it yeah and oh yeah i love sean he's the best i love that kid 
Uh, so yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not going to say I struggled financially by any means because mom and dad made great money. I mean, mom was a uh, general manager for a uh, hotel chain and dad works for, do you know the, do you guys know the company Sodexo? Do you guys know what that is? Sodexo? No. So, you know, colleges, obviously. Yeah. Um, They provide everything but the education stuff to colleges. So, like, craft services, uh, cleaning, laundry stuff, uh, maintenance, all that stuff. So, my dad ran, like, 12 colleges in upstate New York and Massachusetts, um, ran that. So, he was making, you know, the big bucks. Um, Never home, though. Like, never around, which was kind of great because at the the time, he was, like, a total dick. Um, He was a total asshole at the time. He was going through a lot. This is before he got on the Xanax and stuff that he on now thank god well uh, you know what's interesting is that that particular age that uh that 13 14 15 you have to realize that your parents depending typically your parents are going through their midlife crisis yes about and my brother time. had just gone to a navy boot camp at the time so mm-hmm. not yeah. great yes yeah. so things not are, great things are yeah. a little at casa you know. del baker yeah i know it is yeah. crazy but at the, also when i was uh during high school i i had a long-term boyfriend throughout my entire high school career um his name is greg he was wonderful love greg super sweet um but i was 14 and he was 17 when we started dating i know big red flags we were not having sex i was not abused do not attack me on twitter um i was like it was very it was all good everything was fine um uh and he was a wonderful like super sweet kid he looked like shaggy from scooby-doo like exactly like tall skinny (laughs) pothead like super funny and loved the environment like in the sublime you know that kind of that kind of kid were you the kind of girl that you were older before your time oh for sure i'm like literally my playlist out with older kids oh yeah the playlist for my wedding music on my phone is all 70s and 80s music that's literally i'm told my dj and like this is all i want played like no rap no nothing like literally just this and he's like you're weird i'm like i know was that because everybody your age was just like well also um i was a total i was i was a bully but also getting bullied you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i was like getting bullied from people so people that were even in my thought in my mind under me i would bully them back because to show to like make myself feel better i was definitely one of those kids and adhd that did not help either that was not great either. <laughs> um but no i definitely grew out of that now finally i'm finally not a douche kid thank god uh total i was a total brat though like in fucking school i was very like sad i was like very emo girl sad time yeah. uh but, you know, and I mean, I've had like I had like my struggles, you know, like my mom said, like, you know, that joke I tell about being sent to Weight Watchers at like 13. That's yeah. not a, that's that's real. That's 100 percent real. My mom brought me to Weight Watchers and nothing makes you feel better than being compared to metal palsy women. Let me tell you, nothing makes you feel better. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, it's just so it was so sad. Tell you, as a mother that we struggle with. Oh, because yeah. we see. The we see the we see the bad food choices yeah. and we don't say anything because we know what you're going through. Well, yeah. Ram we was also, no help. Ram was no help in that department. She, oh my god. We also Love see the awful. very low self esteem mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we just us mothers just struggle with that. So, mm-hmm. do you blame your mom? You know? Oh no, I, mean, I shockingly no? have a pretty good self esteem now because yeah. like you 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 gotta be a kind of a, a a fuck up when you're younger to be a kind of a better person when you're in your 20s because it's like i used to be you like learn. yeah you learn yeah like, you evolve don't don't people yes. evolve anymore well i think that's the problem just people that, want, that's the problem people do not they want everyone to be on 
a certain level or forget that. And I'm not perfect you know? by any means. I'm not perfect. Like, I have definitely, like, I own my shit. Like, I own my shit of when, like, I, I like, when like when it comes to comedy, I have bombed so many times. Oh, my God. Like, even to this day, sometimes it's not a good night, you know? And so people are like, how do you feel when you bomb? I'm like, now it's, like, not as bad. It used to be, like, soul-crushing. Like, oh, fuck, everyone hates me. But then you realize, wait, we all kind of suck <laughs> sometimes. So is the uh, struggle that's the struggle of working out new material. Yeah. That's and, the way I felt Saturday night. Where'd you go Saturday night? Like, yeah. like I performed Saturday night, but oh, people, these people private. were not ready for burlesque. What kind of burlesque there was, was it? No was it prime. funny burlesque or sexy burlesque? Oh, it's funny burlesque. Oh, okay. Cool. Really, that's the only thing I do. Oh, really? And yeah, you so do, you could do the whole. Oh, I, I do that too, but I just don't feel very graceful. You know, Aww, I feel she's... like I feel like Joe from Facts of Life trying to dance. <laughs> preach, girl. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I totally lost my train of thought and where oh, I was so going there also about my bombing, about not yes. being received <laughs> like you wanted to be received. And I thought, oh, I'll do Meredith, Meredith mm-hmm. from The Office. Oh, nice. It's funny, yeah. You know, and everybody, most people will get it because most yes. people have seen yeah. The Office. And uh, you go out, and I'm the type of performer that just pendant? feeds from the audience. Oh, absolutely. Most like the more you mm-hmm. laugh, the more just you hoot and holler. Room. You know, the more I'm into it you know mm-hmm. into it so you go out there and it's just like crickets it's fucking nothing dude yeah and then i start getting my own head and i'm like fuck i just want to get this over yeah with. oh that's when and you like then well yeah. and that's exactly that's your training to be yeah. a professional and even though we don't pay money for it the dues is putting in that stage time and what's cool is it's interesting but people in the scene would rather fight and, you know, choose sides or whatever than take advantage of these venues that are, like, welcoming to an open mic and the so stage So how do you time. handle that? So let's say that uh, okay. you... Well, I mean, hopefully you, they how do make I handle their drama? venues or yeah. whatever. Um, I usually tackle it head on. I don't go on social media and, like, subtweet people. Like, I'm not, like, I'm, obviously, you guys know I'm not on Facebook like that ever. I'm never on Facebook. It's not my thing. And I just prefer not to put my business on Front Street like that. So I just keep it to myself. But I deal with it. I don't like dealing over text. That's not my favorite thing to do because texts are easily misinterpreted. Tone, mm-hmm. vibe is easily misinterpreted. But like when I'm speaking to you, it cannot be misinterpreted. So um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and so much is I own it. Context, yeah, with text. Yes, I, often I, I own. If you're willing to like come at me crazy and like try to like throw things at me, I just like the thing I want to say about that is it's like people wanna. You want to put me in a box. People, I feel like a lot of people want to put me in a box to be a certain type of female comedian. I'm supposed to be X, Y, Z, and if I'm not, then I'm not a feminist. I don't support victims. I don't whatever. Um, and I do, and I have been a victim. I have been assaulted. I have been embarrassed. I have been literally shamed by my peers. But that's not your entire life. No, of course not. But it's my experience as well. So I mean, like I can I can yeah. learn and see my experiences. And when it comes down to it, when it comes to drama, it's like I just don't have time. Like I don't have time to deal with people that have problems with me because it's like I'm busy doing comedy. That's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to argue with you about the merits of being a female. 
comedian. I'm here to do time, get paid, and go home. Like, that's what I'm here to do. So I feel like a lot of people get lost in the sauce of the drama and the community and stuff and forget we're here to make people laugh and we're here to have fun. Correct, if you want to be an entertainer. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to, like, be a jerk or anything. Like, I'm tired of, like, people thinking, like, I'm, like, a jerk or anything like that. I'm just, like, I just say what's on my mind and I'm just honest. Like, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to go after anybody. But when it comes down to it, I have to just be my authentic self. And I don't like being called fake. I hate when people are like, oh my god, she's so fake, whatever. I'm like, how? How am I fake? How is me owning my stuff, asking questions that need to be asked, how is that being fake? When you're a keyboard warrior trying to, like, subtweet me on Facebook, you know, it's like, who cares? You know, like, irrelevant, you know? So what what are your goals and where do you see yourself in about 10 years? And my goals 20. my yeah. goals for comedy definitely either either a continue being on stage and doing like stand up stand up or b becoming a writer for a bigger star than I am and helping them out and being on their team and like doing something like that but definitely having my own piece of the pie somewhere like maybe my own podcast I've had actually several people ask me to maybe start one because of covid and everything they thought I would start one um, or B, just like continue just going down that pod, the uh, stand up route, like full on, which is going pretty much the way I work in retail right now. I'm not going to say where, but I work in retail. Um, and uh, it's great to pay the bills, and I, it's a good work life balance with comedy. Like, I make time for it. Um, but in 10 years, I definitely don't mean, yeah, I definitely don't see me staying in Knoxville for more than right. 10 years for sure. Mm. But definitely like maybe the Pacific Northwest, like Seattle, Chicago, definitely another big city. Cause I do miss Orlando sometimes cause I could hit three, four mics in a night. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about Orlando, there's always a crowd. Even if it's like not great, there's always a crowd cause it's so busy there all the time. Right. And which is yes. great for comedy. And we have a great scene in Orlando. We've had a major comics come out of there. Um, Sean Finnerty, Max Fine. Um, Sean and Max both have been here. Yes, and and they're wonderful. Shout out to them. Love them. Actually, when I start touring, one of the things I'm doing just because is I'm selling everybody's merch that I've bought that's come through here. So I I have all of these people that were up and coming who are now, you know, big in different scenes. Mm -hmm. And I have all their merch. And then I have Locals merch. Like, mm-hmm. I have Jake Hendricks' album. I have Hunter Roberts' album. I have yeah. J.C. Ratliff's album. Oh, yeah, Hunter Roberts and I met at a comedy festival, I believe. And that's how I kind of... That's why when I moved here, I was yeah. like, hey, yeah, I live here he now. And did them down in Florida and was mm-hmm. always in... I mean, there's a lot of really good comics. And uh, the scene definitely... It's good. evolve. Yeah, and I still talk to some of them. Like, I try to keep in touch, you know. But, you know, you grow out of things, you know. You, but you move you, on. If you have a mic that's friendly to comics and has an audience that wants to see comedy, that's do you, great. Do you watch... Who are the... Do you watch a lot of comics? Like, are you versed in, like, timing? There's an art to stand I think up. my timing is pretty impeccable. I think I have pretty great timing. I think I have my timing down for my jokes, personally. And I actually don't watch a lot of stand-up in my own time. Because, again, I, I book a lot of stuff. I have to watch a lot of it during the week. So I love, like, Real Housewives. I love, like, my white women and uh, all my minority women fighting on television with wine. And uh, arguing about the nuances of culture. It's, like, really wonderful. I love that. Um, I also love true crime stuff. I love, like, murder documentaries. And and uh, we're watching, uh, Josh and I, we're re-watching The Sopranos right now. 
Um, oh, my husband just got done. So good. Was, yeah. So good. So yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of stand-up because it's like, I used to, before I got into stand-up comedy, I used to fall asleep listening to like stand-up mm-hmm. albums. Um, but ever since I've been, I've been doing it, people are like, oh, you should watch this. And I'm like, nah. I think what happens is when you're writing by not watching other I don't people be that influenced. you've seen out are correct. That yeah. you're, I can't. You don't want to become influenced. God forbid I, I see another big comedian do a joke that I have similar and I can't do that joke anymore. Oh, heartbreak. Jeez. That's yeah, the worst feeling. You know, so, I mm. mean, depending like, on, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, I love, I love, and I love comedy out here in Knoxville. Well, there's, there's always going to be that. You know, the universe is, is so large. You're always well, going to have people think of the same thing. You have a Venn diagram yeah. of things that are funny. Yeah. So there are yeah. so many jokes that are funny you know what i was telling someone the other day um i was explaining because in this new age of being a comedian it's not the same obviously back in like the 80s 90s you could get away with a lot more you could get away with a lot more no uproar or anything because i feel back in the day there was such more of a line between what is stand-up comedy and what is like normal everyday life you know what i mean like it's our job to like say kind of these raunchy offensive things because you can't say it because you work at Lowe's because you'll get fired. Yeah. But it's my job to say those things so you can laugh at them and enjoy it, you know? Well, um, back in the olden days, you only had that avenue to pursue exactly. comedy. That's in. exactly what I'm saying. So the you lines only have had the club avenue and, and very rarely did you have a, you know, now, like you said, all the different types of comedy mm-hmm. that are out there now. Now you have TikTok comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, remember is that Southern Mama person. Yes, yes, uh, yes. They blew up, but mm-hmm. yet because they were internet, they had no idea to ha- how to handle themselves on stage. That's a big thing, yeah. How to have a beginning, middle, and end to what they were doing. I mean, they really, when you've been at a festival or something, and you have comics who have honed their time mm-hmm. and spent time on stage and know how to deal or react with the audience or to be quick or to own the stage enough that the audience doesn't. They want to hear you speak. Yeah, they somebody, don't want somebody to needs interact. to have like a con for those kind of people. <laughs> a honestly. comic con? You mean yeah. a comic con? Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like it. that. Yeah. Um, no, so. uh, but uh, but uh, what, what I was saying was, God damn it, I hate it when I lose my track of thought. Damn. Uh, what I was saying is the lines have been so much blurred. Where the double-edged sword with that too, being a TikTok like comedian star, because you have such a big audience and yet you can't say the jokes that you want to say. I have a lot of offensive jokes. I have school shooter jokes. I have abortion jokes. I have not a lot of racial humor because that's not really my thing. But I have some jokes that definitely cross a line. And um, see, that's my kind of humor because yeah. I do come from because I am so much older, mm-hmm. and we were we were listening. The raunchier, the better. That's exactly the, who I am. Yeah. The the message, Chris Rock, when he punches that message across in a raunchy ass way, the better. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, but now. Uh, with comedy, their Twitter. I can't believe they said that. This is so offensive. I oh my god! It, but That's it's like, y'all's generation, but it's right my, there. Yeah, and it's like it's my job though. I'm not coming to your job and saying it's wrong of you to be working the cash register you're working. Why right. are you telling me yep. what's wrong in my comedy? You might not think that's funny. That's fine. You don't have to think it's funny. But just because you are offended does not mean it's offensive. Well, people That's haven't learned thing. to just scroll by. Exactly. Like, literally, I had someone, uh, I never, I had some racial joke about The Bachelor that I did. Um, 
and I even forget what it was, um, but I did it, and I'll never forget it. So a comic went by me. He's like, oh, yeah, the cook over at this restaurant that I really like going to said how much he hates that joke you do and how offensive it is. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to order food there. I mean, <laughs> I'm still going to go there and get my food. But it's like, I don't really understand. It's like, why is it so bad that, like, comedians can't say what they want to say. I don't think it come like, I don't think any jokes like that come from a place of hate. I don't like when people are like, oh my God, they're being so hateful. And I'm like, they're comedians. If you're on stage with a microphone being introduced as a comedian, it's not like you're you're running a hate rally. It's not like that's what you're trying to do. Have you right. watched Hysterical yet on Hulu? No, I've seen the pro, uh, commercials for it. It looks really good. Yeah, I would... I would definitely, at your age, as a budding young comic, to definitely watch that. It is interesting because it it does suck uh, being a female comic because when on the when road somebody said that she was crazy, just yeah. you know, yeah, just for yeah. being friendly and normal, yeah, and introducing myself because it's weird. Imagine if I never introduced myself to you, Gail. How am I right. ever supposed to know you? Right, exactly. Like, and that's what these a lot of comics don't get out here is like networking is still very much real. You can do it over Facebook and Twitter, but you're gonna have to meet them face to face at some point. You can't be a weirdo in the corner the whole time. You can't <laughs> be in the corner all shy the whole time. Like my mom and I, we have. I talk to my mother every day. Every single day I talk to my mother. I love that. Yeah, so I, ca- I, I call love her. That. I call her every day. Every day. And she's like, we're the same. We're very similar. We go for it. Like, all the time. Like, if I need something, I ask for it. If I have a question, I ask it. Like, that's exactly how I am. And that's exactly how she is, too. Um, but people don't appreciate that always because I'm just very direct. I'm like, hey, how much am I getting paid for this? Like, how much time am I doing? Like, what can I say? What am I good with? Like, whatever. But, like, people are like, oh, my God, she's, like, she's too much. And I'm like, okay. Isn't that just being professional? Apparently yeah, not. you're supposed to ask those questions I mean, if you're doing gigs or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's And then wild. also, I find it interesting that um, people that first start performing, uh, how they automatically expect to get paid for gigs yeah i did so many gigs for free let me tell you which i mean either way whatever you want to do i like to pay performers that i'm having if i'm getting money if i'm getting money i'm going to um pass it along you know what the problem is the problem comes when bookers book you and then they don't tell you if you're getting paid or not. And they don't like I, whenever and I book somebody, I'm like, this clear is, yeah, I'm like, this is how much time you're doing. Or not. This is how much money you're getting, period. That's the booker you were talking about earlier. They didn't inform anybody who was getting paid and who yeah. wasn't, which it, which actually affected them negatively because one of the comics dropped that night because they found out they weren't getting paid. And they're like, I want my time respected and you're not going to pay me. So she the, the person didn't arrive. And didn't go up. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And I respect that person heavily yeah. for doing that. Like, that's a that's a baller <laughs> move for sure. And it's a statement. And this person, it's like, they need to learn that because it's like, be honest. I was out of town mm-hmm. when that show happened. And I there are things that... I was on the of, first one. It was very bad. I, didn't, I did not go. I did not do well. The crowd did not like me very much. I did one. It was in Maryville, though. Ugh. Yeah, I did one in Maryville. I mean, that's... Maryville's hard. Yeah, look at me. I'm like the opposite of Maryville. Look at me. Come on. But I was, you know, it was outside, so I was under the impression, like... No, it was inside. Very, no, when I did my oh, show ours was with, her, with that, it was um, very, I, you know, uh, it was outside. Uh, Bill and I had sat 
away from everyone because we were still, you know, Mm -hmm. it was mask up and Mm -hmm. very COVID cautious, which, you know, uh, we were happy to sit out there even with umbrellas, you know, without being under the thing. But it was a sold out show. And Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that she enjoyed my humor and I may have went over which is really a sin and it's like go over time and being a booker now it's it's great I really enjoy the work I'm doing and I really am having fun with it and I really love meeting new comedians and I love like being able to book like unique talent and stuff but also I feel a lot of pressure to not just use my Knoxville people because it's such a cop-out just to book everybody from Knoxville like it's such in my opinion it's a kind of a cop-out to book just just hometown people I want a little bit of everything but sometimes that's just the way it is. You can't always get outside talent mm-hmm. to come in. That's why I want our scene to keep growing and expanding because I need to be able to have features and headliners at the ready that I can book. But right now, it's just really, really difficult because you want the you want the big people to come out, but you want to be able to pay them. And so they're not going to come out for like 20, 30 bucks. You know what I mean? No, that's We were talking about that to, today. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I asked. Budgets are important. You, you have know. to have a relationship with a venue. You, mm-hmm. you know, there is a certain amount uh, of investment that goes into promoting shows Mm -hmm. and having your own shows you have to know you know what you're worth you got to know and having a good reputation pay and yeah you need to show that you can be funny or i mean you can sell tickets or whatever and sometimes you overreach and you experiment or you may even have people uh who are slow to promote who might have had another person booked at another show that has more of a following or it's harder to support uh two shows mm-hmm. down the street from each other oh yeah like it's or, hard you know for some or whatever so sometimes timing you know sometimes you have great shows sometimes you don't have not so great shows for the sure thing is is if you promise somebody a certain amount you make sure that you pay them regardless yes. and uh and you, you know, don't be you rude you business. can't be rude like that's that's a big thing you can't be rude like i i with my shows i've talked to everyone like thank you so much for coming like i really appreciate you driving yes. all this way out bring it's, your merch like do whatever yes. like they ask me like can i bring merch like oh of course like bring whatever yes, like always uh. be able to sell merch and you should encourage your comics if they have any to support that and it's i really the same it's the same in the burlesque scene used but, to be yeah. a cool hub that people would automatically want to do shows at on thursdays as they're traveling through to other towns mm-hmm. and it was a place independently where you saw a lot of magic happen and people came in and performed on off nights and it could be that way again we have that magic oh sunday nights at brickyard yeah, They're magical. It's, it's gone back to that, but yeah. it wasn't for a while. For a while, there was such um, dissension or whatever. And the thing is, is I'm at the point, I'll do open mics to see who's doing what. Mm-hmm. I can just go, you know, I mean, I can perform even without doing an open mic. I mean, yeah. I do think Oh, you for sure. If you put me on right now, time. yeah. So, you know, I have material that I know works no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I go to another city. I'm, you know, 
it's well in orlando and florida it was a lot easier to do that because there i was i was in new smyrna beach which is like an hour outside of orlando and like Mm -hmm. 20 minutes south of daytona so i could go to let's see orlando jacksonville gainesville sanford all over or in a night's notice like easily down here unfortunately i have to really plan it because we share a car um Mm -hmm. so i do have to plan out my stuff like now but now with that though i can at least plan so i can stay multiple days and do multiple shows and not like feel like my time you just have to um decide and get a group of people together sometimes they're you know just like bridget that's going to be on so excited yeah she and hillary kind of hooked up hillary had a mic over there in Asheville. i don't Mm -hmm. know if she's still gonna do it anymore now you know when things are opening up with Mm -hmm. covid or whatever but uh that's been another big thing with comedy was covid because a lot of people have been reacting poorly to people putting on shows irl uh which is interesting to me you know i've learned from covid is all the comedy that has come out of it by people being forced to have to stay at home and you find out that people really are it is just a human trait Mm -hmm. some people are just really really funny yeah and i think that they need to be showcased Mm -hmm. in some way yes i think that you got a lot of there's still a lot of uh you know there's always going to be drama because you're going to always have here's the thing you're always going to have somebody else's good ideas being upgraded somebody else's way that worked sure being changed and doing something different what i love about the fact that in america right now hopefully we're as free as we're gonna be (laughs) so you might as well take advantage of that and I, whether I ever liked you as a human or didn't like you as a human or whatever, I respect your hustle. Mm-hmm. I respect that you said, hey, you know, I'm coming from Florida. I love comedy. I'm going to figure out what I can do in the scene. What's going on? This is what I want to do. I embedded myself on and, purpose. And I think well, that's something called the pursuit of happiness. Correct. And so who is anyone else? And the thing is, is that there isn't a magic formula except, again, the magic words today. Consistency. Mm-hmm. You and know? I think you're always going to have those people that just, they're very, very much in their comfort zone. Oh, for and sure. And they're going to be... They're never going to leave. They're never going to leave this place. Nashville right. comedy. We that, need that, though. That's we need that, though. Absolutely. Yeah. But those and people, if that's yes, your comfort if zone, you're the open micer and you're the big, you know, fish in the little pond and that's mm-hmm. what you want to do, that's cool. If you want to get out and do things... See, I wanted to pursue... A lot. Of, I wanted to learn everything I could on both business aspect, mm-hmm. what it takes, festivals, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, to writing comedy, to literally honing the skills and making it a mm-hmm. profession. But I've, you know, I have kids to raise and single parent things and responsibility yeah. mm-hmm. and bills and whatever. And I didn't take the avenue when I was younger and I had the opportunity and I didn't. That's my fault for <laughs> believing. Too. Oh, my God. Don't feel that bad. Believing Jesus. someone else's lie great. about me. But this comedy is something that has literally always been in me. I've always been funny, mm-hmm. you know, literally. And so. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, I know. I, I totally well, get it. Well, yeah. comics get that. Yeah. And so you're going to do it regardless of people like you, don't like you, who cares, whatever. I think that it annoys me as the mom type and being older and having lived the life, and I get it, everybody well. has to live their path, is that when... As women, we want to nice, nasty each other and oh, drag Jesus, each other yeah. down. It and hurts not, being called names, even at 25. Not, yeah, and to not be... Um, By your peers. By your peers. I mean, like, it sucks because it really, like... When, when you advocate for mental health and mental health awareness and not wanting to, like hurt people and stuff and then like just like on the flip of a dime to go to calling someone mentally ill calling someone they must be going through such a hard time to be doing this to somebody else and like it just like it it, it feels like you're living you you're living like on like a t- on a tightrope you know what i mean like one fail swoop you're over it like you know and it's scary because it's like you don't you you want to make friends with all these people and stuff, but at the same time, though, it's like your views just can't... I can't be a yes man as a friend. If you're looking for a yes man as a friend, don't ask me, because I can't. I can't just go along with someone's stupid opinion or someone's stupid <laughs> argument or whatever, or if I don't believe what you're saying, you know? Right. So it's like, when it comes down to it with uh, that kind of stuff, it's like, I support all women doing stand-up. I'm all about every single woman who wants to do stand-up going for it and doing it. We don't all have to be the same. The point of feminism is for us to have a choice. If you want to be a, a stay-at-home mom, as, as a, your choice, that's your choice. If you want to be a plastic Barbie doll bimbo, that is your choice. Oh, I am me. Man. <laughs> hey, man. And I'm just, and I'm me, and you can be you, and that's fine but when Mm -hmm. you start telling me how i should act and who i should be and who i should talk to and who i should not i just can't like that's not who i am so it's like it's really hurtful when people want to and also i always build my experiences of other people from my own experiences i don't Mm -hmm. like when other people tell me oh so and so is such a jerk or a bitch like that i'm like let me let me experience them and then tell then i'll be like you know what that person is a jerk or this person is a bitch yeah you're right but let me experience quite honestly uh as you as you go and you experience more people in life it becomes clearer and clearer the um you know, you stop playing checkers and you're, you get more into the chess game and you kind of see what that how that's going to play out. And you can decide, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to spend this emotional real estate here. And mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah, it's completely and totally fair to be like, hey, I don't want to do this or whatever. I think I think I am a Pollyanna in the sense that I would like to see a cohesive scene. I remember when there were several comics, you know, you'd get 30 comics together in one gathering and celebrating comedy and And it's and, great. And the and the scene you would have pictures in an open mic where you know 20 30 people were having fun yeah together. and there are still nights like that but like we still at have the those. same time there were some shady things going on underbelly on the side and you know if you didn't participate in the drama you didn't know and then it sucked because you'd find out later that somebody had been you know like hurt or assaulted or whatever and yeah and then dealing with men in general for female comics it's difficult so they hinder the launch also there's a lot of 
male comics who were booking shows and things who would every once in a while uh, book a token female on the show. Yeah. And then they'd have an all-girl bill, all-female bill. But then it was, you know, now in Knox Comedy, it's an amazing opportunity because the females in the scene right now... Are running the scene. Well, they're running the scene, and they're the seasoned comics in the scene. They're the Can you name a male booker out here? Comics. Uh, That's why women are going to rule the world. It's time. I mean, there is Alex Stokes. I mean, he books. Alex is booking his own shows now, which is great. And then he's also working with promotion. I DM'd him. Yeah, I'm going to work with him soon. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he said he might do like a showcase or something out here. Don't quote me on this. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no. Um, but he said Alex, maybe. And especially with, um, he's now billing himself as a beer comedian and <laughs> he really has been, you know, at the breweries and he's been involved with beer mm-hmm. and he's, you know, I have a huge amount of respect oh, for, for sure. Alex and he can, he can actually help with bridging the gap between comedy club comedy and all that. They're, I'm kids. just never going to compromise on my I, comedy. Well, I you know what I mean? And you don't see the thing is, is Blair, you won't ever, even if you well, don't I do ever sometimes. compromise, I you're going to grow. Oh, well, I just, oh, I certainly growing, have. I've become growing, a way better comedian now. Compromise isn't always negative. Sometimes you compromise and you grow. So it's not about that. As long as you're authentic and who you are. Oh well, as a yeah. Person. What I mean is, is like I don't want to censor myself. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. like that's what, like, well, that's like you fine. were saying earlier. And, yeah, and then yeah. you'll decide. Okay, I'm going to turn down these things because right. I'm not going to do that. But now it's so great with like, like how I would much rather. Sometimes I do envy, like you know, you know how nostalgia, the nostalgia you don't have. Like, man, I wish I was alive in the '80s to be like a part of that kind of comedy. But mm-hmm. who knows if I would have even made it in the '80s? Like, what if everyone would have fucking hated me you know what i mean i'm happy to be doing it now in the time that i am because it's a fun thing to do for me and it's a great way for me to express myself because i'm not like i was never like i was in musical theater but i was too chubby to sing and dance so i mostly got like costuming roles um so i wore tree number seven you know what i mean uh so never you know always the bridesmaid never the bride in us in the musical theater you learn stage presence. Yes. Oh, and I know how to and play that, piano. Yeah. Yes. And that, and, I mean, but you have known, you've always wanted to be a performer. Oh, for sure. Period. I wanted to be a model when I was young. And then I, I grew up to be 5'1". And so that dream quickly died. Well, and then they made Instagram. Well, and yeah, which is totally great. Yeah, be a model at four nine apparently. Yeah, I love, awesome. I loved watching uh, America's standard... Next Top Model. That was my thing. I loved watching it. I'm like, you want to be on top, and I'm like in my bedroom, like strutting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, but yes, you know, I was on the phone with my mom again the other day, and she put me on speaker because my brother was in the room too, and he, she's like, do you remember that cruise we w- went on when you were like seven? And I'm like, yeah. So the cruise industry back then, I don't know if they still do this. They had a cameraman throughout the whole cruise who would videotape the whole cruise all kinds of people doing all kinds of things and make a videotape by the end and you can like get it for like five ten bucks and bring it home mm-hmm. i at seven years old was all over that videotape i was calling bingo i'm in the i'm in the pool i'm just making i'm like on i shit you not i'm on like 500 people's like video from their cruise mm-hmm. from like 2009 or like 2000 like what like how old was i like 2004 something like that and yeah my, my mama she was laughing she was like you did this thing you're playing with these all these college students you're like seven you're like with this like little water balloon i'm open i'm open like you're so like little and like 
so cute. I look like Mrs. Beasley. That's what she always uh, would call me, Mrs. Beasley. I can see it, actually. Right. But you are a pure extrovert. You yeah. are a true extrovert. I love people. And you scared the shit <laughs> out of introverts. And you intimidate the hell I love out that. of people who can that. be extroverted but are true introverts. Good. And be it intimidated. Is, and the thing is, is that I am here for it. Mm-hmm. Be I, loud. I feel like we could be friends. Talk your, I'm down. I could always know, use my friends. I mean, speak your truth. It can be. I'm, ru- I'm running and, low as of late, so I could use you know, a restock. But well, you, you know what? Your personality is one of those that people what find I've learned is sandpaper. Friends, Aww, you, you have. We were just talking about this today. You have your core friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but friends kind of do just a cycle depending on what chapter you are in your life. Yeah. Well, for example, yeah. I was hanging out with my maid of honor last night. Her name's Jamie. We used to be waitresses together here in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And she surprised me with like a box of stuff from like Lush, like two bath bombs, like all this stuff. Um, and I was like, oh my God, you're, like, you're so amazing. You're such a great friend. I've never had a friend like that before in my entire life. Like I'm 25 years old, never had a friend like that <laughs> ever. And it was just like warm my heart because it's like I was such like an outcast as a kid, like so unpopular so like like fucking uh, the kryptonite of friends of friendship like it was really bad and so now like having being able to have like bridesmaids for my wedding I didn't even think anybody would even want to come to my wedding now I'm having like adding so many people to my guest list I don't know what I'm going to be able to do uh it's just it's wild so when you talking about being an extrovert when you walk into a room you probably usually command it because you do have a voice Hmm. thank you have you always had the voice? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've like, al- even when you were younger and like, you know, when you started to talk. Oh, yeah. Just- oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. New did York your parents encourage that? I mean, to in, uh, to a point. I mean, I kind of was more uh, learning from my own environment from versus what they were wanting. Like, my dad has always been very boisterous, boisterous about his opinions and things. And Okay, so it's yeah. learned it. You know, you're you're like your dad. Well, and my mom. My mom is also very blunt as a person. Like, you know, my, my grandmother has this habit of calling us, you know, like, say hi. She's like, guess who died? Like, just like, that's the first thing she says to us. I'm like, hey, Ram, what's up? <laughs> guess who died? Your neighbor down the street from 20 years ago. I'm like, okay, thank you. How's your week going? Like... I feel like Blair's report cards always read something like, very bright, but talks... Way too much. No, she always got that talks excessively <laughs> yes. uh, circled around there. there. Raises, oh. raises hand excessively. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't yeah. remember what they said all the time. Well, they would have the little kids. set things that's and then they right. would just Well, circle. I started taking that's Concerta right. at like, what, like eight? And eight, then if nine, it was really oh. serious. Yeah, I had bad like... ADHD. My brother was the poster kid for ADHD. Tall, skinny, thin, like all over the place like attention span of a goldfish um to this day like i like i love sean and but i had more there's it's the, in the water yeah in orlando <laughs> no this was upstate yeah. new york oh well, yeah yeah see she moved to florida but that's later a, to me that's like a whole new she world followed a, up there that i've never been to boca raton i've I, always been like this though <laughs> i've always been like this like mom I and dad knew <laughs> love and it's so it's just so cliche but i love that the accent i've never been i want to go but i love do the i have scenery. an accent? not really okay i don't think so um you have a very generic accent i, I think i can't tell what if you're you reading me or not 
can't tell if you're reading me. Well, it's... I wouldn't put you in... You do not have a, a regional accent. Oh, for sure not. But people know I'm from the North, for sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And that, that comes from the the volume of your voice. But uh, Yeah, I'm hella loud. I can't help it. I'm like, you're having to edit this shit. Like, I'm hella loud. Sorry. We in the South, we tend to be very, very soft. He's so slow. Spoken. Josh drives so slowly and does everything so slowly. That's how different we are. I'm like, let's go. I have places to be. And he's like chill i'm like no i can't think he's got to be safe i have a friend that's from new york and she's very loud but she's not from the city however you gotta think in the city how loud would you need to be to talk over oh i know but i'm talking about like upstate there's a difference between city and then then upstate new york where so more up near buffalo or yeah okay Mm -hmm. that's saratoga area same same yeah. yeah. I've always I have always been super loud and like very like this because it's like well like my parents also encouraged me to like be say what I want to say. I mean like you know my parents are very active like if anybody touches you you have to tell us like don't hide stuff like that from us. Like they they always and I tell my mom everything. Like oh she knows every dirty detail about me. Well I mean I could be your mom. Let, <laughs> let's yeah. How old are you again? Super, ooh, I'm going to be 50 this year. My mom is 53, 54, 53. Yeah, I'm yeah. totally old. She was born in 69. Born sixty nine. She's cool as hell. I'm old enough to have been her mom and not brought shame to the family. Yeah, she was what twenty. She was like twenty six or twenty eight when she had me. I think. That's yeah, a good like age. That. Yeah. Well, my mom is the shit. I mean, she's so cool. Betsy Baker is the coolest lady ever. Like she's <laughs> oh, like it's even she's, in her name. Oh yeah, BB Betsy. She's the bomb, and like she's way nice. Like that's the thing. She's the kind of woman she'll give the shirt off your her back for you. It's like a good she, thing that you love your mother. Oh yeah, she's my yeah. everything. Isn't I mean, any doubt my daughter's initials are S and M. I just she she just turned twenty eight and I had oh, her when I was twenty eight. She just got back from New York. She surprised my grandmother for her birthday. Like literally, like surprised her. Like did not tell her she was coming up for her birthday. And I'm like, mom, if you give Ram a heart attack, this would be the funniest and saddest thing that ever happened to our family. <laughs> like you surprised her grandma on her birthday and she died. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. But luckily she did not, and she loved the surprise. It was great. And but like that's just the kind of woman. Did she your family? Is. Did your family use humor as well? Oh my god, yeah, we're sarcastic as fuck. We're mean. Ba- the bakers can argue. The bakers, we can be nasty. Like we we argue very hard. I think that's a sign of a a really tight knit close family because well we, yeah because our extended family sucks. <laughs> we have the worst extended family. My dad's the oldest of seven. By the way, all seven kids named after people in the Bible because grandma uh, grandma baker used to be in the convent and then she broke out of the convent and had seven kids and named them all after people in the bible well yeah she's the shit r.i.p love you grandma (laughs) um and yeah so like our extended family we're not close to except like one one of them and they're great like love that part of our family they're awesome but the rest of them are uh and so yeah we are super tight-knit like that because it's like we always have been like that but like we we are the best form that we are now in the past it's been very very rough (laughs) emotionally rough not not great yeah you know you know how family problems are but it wasn't like oh my dad like it's like classic it's like the classic thing my dad didn't play catch with me you know like he's busy working i'm like yeah now now i'm 25 i'm like oh yeah you had to do a lot of fucking work because he wants supporting your birthday february 1st Capricorn? Aquarius. Aquarius. Is that... Air. Air sign. February 1st. I'm sorry. I thought you said January 1st. No, February. No, that... 
January 1st. What does that mean? Do you, what what are you about to know. say? That, I mean, that means no, so I'm much. I'm just kidding. It really doesn't. Okay. I was thing. about to be like, <laughs> uh, does it? Or oh my God. Yeah, so I, I have this group chat with my, my friends. One of them is my best friend, uh, Corey, and then Victoria. I can say this because they're, they'll, they'll probably never listen to this. Um, they're the best. And we all group chat. <laughs> oh no. We have, we have a lot of subscribers. <laughs> yeah, they hey, that, yeah, yeah, who knows? But we, there was this one girl in our group chat and I just did not like this girl. She was one of those girls that like believe crystals heal you and all this other stuff and aura and I was just like not about it. Well, so I kind of kind of scary. Well, I kind of just roasted her until she just left the group chat. I kind of just bullied her out of our group chat and my friends were like, "Good job." And I'm like, "I did not like her." I'm like, "I didn't have like she just kept talking about like quartz and I'm like, "Stop. Please stop." Uh yeah, I love oh, that. No. I'm not saying I don't believe in that. I think they're pretty. But anything's possible i think everything on the earth has energy for sure yeah so i mean if you want uh, to we're all we're all carbon that, but any correct so you know we are fine working our way to be diamonds okay so we? okay we, multi we need to wrap up here but yes. one thing that i wanted to uh put out there was we watched this documentary about soil and about how um, soil soil and about how important soil is you know with all the microbes mm-hmm. and how soil yes. pulls the carbon out of the air and it could potentially you know fix the climate mm-hmm. which is another big issue that i don't know if china can solve oh my gosh no but but <laughs> well uh, i'm i'm very much the hippie <laughs> here i just i hate seeing what people have done well, is that Earth. why Bill Gates bought up all that farmland, you think? Because of oh, the no, soil? I think Melinda's going to get half of it because they get the in the divorce. That's crazy. That's now, that's nuts. Too. Now, that's nuts. I was not ex- expecting that one. Like yeah, they're getting a divorce. Oh, by the way, totally yeah. called Kim and Kanye getting divorced. Totally called it. Somebody out there owes me money. I totally called it. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. She, you know. So, have you seen her new Instagram picture? No, I don't follow so her. I, I don't either, and I had just seen it on TikTok, but she just looks weird. I mean, <laughs> so I don't have another she word just looks for it. Weird. Yeah, when you see... Well, they're still going to work together on philanthropic... I hate that Philanthropy. Wow. I do this. Philanthropic. Thank you. Thank you. Philanthropic. Thank you. <laughs> I do the. I know. Gotcha. It's. I'm telling you. Well, I was beat, and I swear I have brain damage. And <laughs> inhaling dementia dust is another. Oh my god. Another thing, but uh, you know. So, uh, yes. Thank you for that lovely word. That they're going to continue working together in these endeavors. But yeah, I mean, I guess maybe her AI, you know, kicking in. This has been really fun, yeah. you guys. It has. Thank you for listening to me rant. Fun. I don't know if this was entertaining to anybody. I really hope it was. No, it was. And we'll, you know. Yeah, we're going to get to some... all of your social medias. and. Oh, well, I mean, it's mostly just Instagram and Twitter. Cool. Uh, Blair.Baker on Instagram and then my name backwards on Twitter. We just so friends because of a show or something. And I'm like, we're not even friends on Facebook. Because like, I don't do Facebook. time that she's been here or whatever and neither one of us have been like, oh yeah, I'll just ask. I just don't yeah. do Facebook. I find it to be super toxic and like it just brings back really bad memories of like stuff so i just i'm not on it i'm actually planning to revamp it once i get married so i can like change like make a new one with my new last name and everything and you know kind of start over digitally 
yeah, in a way. I mean, yeah. even though you can never, obviously. I mean, by the yeah, way, what you said about privacy, happen. but I just wanted to tack onto that, my little opinion at 25, my thoughts about that. Um, My privacy was already gone by, by the time any of this was even a thought. So it's like when as a kid, like I was on the internet since I was like 10. So I was giving away private information left, right, and center. So I mean, like they've been tracking me for like ever. But like, you know what? If you're not that big of a big fish, I mean, they track you casually, but I mean, like, whatever and it's I, like okay. i don't I try not to think about it well you know? i understand the thing <laughs> it's I like think whatever what are you gonna do thing, fight the system what do you know here's the thing that Your bothers me out there, girl. and we're gonna go ahead and i'm gonna do a call back to the front but what bothers me with with how china's government does things because they have uplifted a lot of the people in China a lot. However, what's really interesting is you should talk to Beth Tompkins if you're Beth. ever interested. Uh, we went to dinner the other night. Because she lived in China before. Yeah. She mm-hmm. knows what it is like over there. Yeah, so I love when her. we talk, she knows I am not crazy or making things up and this was the quality of life and then it's it has been lifted in some aspects, mm-hmm. but only for those that get in line mm-hmm. and they have a social credit system. So somebody could slander you and it deletes points from you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that wacky black mirror episode. It's exactly like that. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. And maybe not as far too. as, but it does hinder what you can get to eat. What They have always monitored. First yeah. of all, what you have to understand, we go, how can they do that? But what you need to understand for China, they have always monitored their people. Mm-hmm. They just had people mm-hmm. who lived with you that were out and out tattletales. Right. And then they rewarded you for being a tattletale. And now that's what we have started doing. This is the issue with cancel culture or anything. Not that people shouldn't be outed for bad behavior or for things like this, but now it becomes high school popularity and it becomes telephone Mm. Um, via whatever and it can be I just think this about you and therefore because I'm more likable than you you shouldn't like this person and therefore isn't fame based on popularity regardless I mean sure it is definitely do you need to be popular to be an actor skill do you need like that's not like you need to be skilled I just realized that I was bare baker when i was younger because i've been saying all of this my entire life (laughs) even if it's just to myself (laughs) exactly but you know what i mean like do you i mean i i i okay cancel culture i feel like it's awesome that people are finally being held accountable for their shitty 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 behavior i love that people but but it comes down to a point though it's like where's the line though that's what that's that's what we're saying where's the line i think the line comes when you are impacting people's lives not even just by what you're saying but but like claim that i'm sorry for example (laughs) if you're committing sexual assault obviously you need to be canceled i don't want you on my screen if you're like raping people left right and center but if you say a bad joke on twitter 
I don't think you should be canceled. It's a Twitter joke. We've all made a really bad Twitter joke. We all have. But 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 then again, though, it comes down to a pattern of behavior. I think if you have shown a pattern of shitty behavior and like constantly apologizing and doing shitty things, then yeah, you should be canceled because clearly you can't you can't jive with the whole thing. Isn't that's that going what on right the now. unfollow button is for? Yeah, like, for like people that, like how- that. Wasn't that this? Doesn't that tend to be a self-weeding garden? Mm. Like the more people have, isn't that the whole point? Like, is that as freedom of speech, you also have responsibility of that speech. So if people, if you're walking the room, you know, it's one thing if all the comics go outside when your set's on. Right. It's another thing when the audience members oh. are leaving when you're on prime example you know? for you. prime so. example of failed cancel culture that should have been successful chris brown very failed con- concept of cancel culture because he if you not even just the rihanna incident if you look at his behavior in the oh, last yeah. five years yes. he yeah. is a fucking asshole fuck that guy like on the way here he my fiance had a song on and chris brown came on and i looked at him i'm like i fucking hate chris brown i'm like can you change it he's like i like the song and i'm like i don't give a fuck if you like the song change it i don't want him getting fucking money from me fucking so listening to his shit like i hate that and i really hate the fact that people are just like look past it just for the music like it's not even profound great music so gail yes where can we find you oh yeah you know, people don't send out? us messages oh gosh, anybody i know i've um i've been i've been really a nihilist because nobody messages us actually i'd rather you just call me but nobody messages us but if you want to please message us at gab and girl time at gmail.com if you need to vent, we're here. Yeah, our Facebook, Gavin Girl Time on Facebook. Gavin Gale Time on the Instagram. Gaggin Gale Time on FetLife. And something with Gale and Gavin on Twitter, because I don't even remember. But I'm trying to stay on brand, so oh if it's got Gale, Gavin, or Gaggin, it's probably it's me. And if yeah. not, probably a fun person. So go ahead and follow anyway. <laughs> Give a like and follow. And I am Brady Von Beaverhausen on Instagram. And I'm Bruce Tonsils on FET and Ticker Talker. Oh, yeah. TikTok. I'm TikTok. Gail time also. We made a new little TikTok today because we had some time. We did. It's on, it's on Bruce Tonsils account. Yeah. I'm not a new content everyday kind of person, I've realized. I don't even have a TikTok. I know. Like, I find I might it, be the only one that doesn't. I find it fascinating. It's a fascinating world into sociology. Oh, I'm uh, also I'm Blair dot Baker on Instagram, B L A R dot Baker, and then my name backwards on Twitter. You can figure that out because I'm too lazy to do it right now. Um, and that's it. And maybe Facebook, but probably not. I probably won't respond. No, to don't do Facebook. Don't I'm bother. only on Facebook right now because it's my daughter's birthday, and I know how that important it is to her <laughs> that all my friends see it. Yeah, my mom does um, that too. But then I'll probably just deactivate afterward. Love it. So I'm enjoying it. Thank you for having me. It. It's been really fun talking. Feels yeah, good. It? This yeah, is don't it? therapy. Don't I love it. it. See, well, yeah, see, we're doing we're doing good work. I, I'm doing the lurd's yeah, work. I want the lurd. The the what's cool from the inception of the 
independent scene in Knoxville. One of the cool things, because the people that started it are no longer a part of it. Yes. And that, I mean, that's, that's and yeah. it has evolved on its own. And that's what's great. And yeah. I think there is definitely room for everyone. There, we have learned that there is an audience for everyone. And I have everyone. no hate for anybody. I'm, I'm and, all about love and peace. Yes. And when, if you can help your fellow women up, I mean, do it. Like, yeah. You why know? bring women down? Why? Damn it. We are fucking 50%. Most you guys. You got to smash the fucking patriarchy. That's what most, we need to be focused on. The, the reason up, men get as far as they do is because they will smash each other in the face and be best friends the next day. They got it out and now they just go on to whatever. The best way to do that though is to lift up your fellow woman yes. because mm-hmm. within numbers there is strength. Yes. And if you realize that you've inadvertently hurt somebody, I mean, really, just apologize, man. It's it, you some people see it as, as you weakness, put a big old thing of schmore you know, in your mouth. Sure, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Sing with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's the same as the outro, as the intro, as the intro, the outro. We smoked a lot of pot, so I'm we trying to remember. <laughs> trying to remember that far back. Hey, we can't do this without you. I smoke CBD. Because <laughs> she's not a criminal. I am. We thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. May the force be with you. Always. And also with you. Ha, ha, ha.